Holy fuck, it feels like it's been like two or three years, but everybody, we are back. Everybody here, welcome back to the Rub Wrestling Podcast with Chris, Josh, Matt, Matt, Josh, Chris, Josh, Chris, Matt, whatever whatever functionality of that you want, but we are here, we are back. As you can tell, that's something a little bit weird. We're obviously on video, right? So we're starting to use a new program called, I believe it's called Riverside. Correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. Sponsor us. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, so we started using Riverside. We're getting more into this so you probably see us more on you'll still see us on spotify probably you still hear us on what else do we do chris google play you know YouTube. youtube's another one that'll be a big one so you can actually see our faces while we're talking um we're really excited to be trying this out this is our first real episode um that we've been doing with this so what we're gonna actually kind of kick off is we're gonna kind of kick off something i know we're in 2024 but we're gonna kick off with an awards list for 2023 so chris Looking back on 2023, when you think of yourself personally, what was the funniest thing that happened to you personally in 2023? The funniest thing that happened to me personally? Oh, my God. That is hard. Uh, probably probably going to Forbidden Door, having a little too much to drink, and then giving a cab driver $150 getting back to my hotel. And then forgetting missing the main event because you walked up before then and just said, see you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I had to beat. I, yeah, I have to beat the crowd. I have to beat the crowd. So without without having now that we're on video, we can't actually see. But I can't really see uh, to your right side. But did you actually get the door fixed in the basement yet? That one? No. Yeah. No, that's not fixed. The. Cr- <laughs> I love it, Josh. What was your favorite moment of 2023? It doesn't have to be wrestling related, but think of your personal life. Think of anything that happened to you last year. What was your favorite moment? Uh, I think when our my strike ended was probably my favorite moment because it was a huge relief. Um, but wrestling related, I would say Forbidden Door was my favorite uh, time of last year. Um, recently I went to uh, spa on my birthday. So maybe that, you know what, that was actually my favorite time of the year because, uh, fuck that strike. Well, I got married last year, so yeah, I mean, you didn't have a favorite moment though, Chris. So what was your your funniest moment? I asked you funniest moment, not favorite moment. So that's a little bit different from that. I don't even know my, my, my funniest moment was, I think at one time I actually fell down a flight of stairs and actually didn't hurt myself. And then kind of laughed i thought it was funny but i did have a really nasty bruise like on my arm when i did it um i think other than that my favorite moment yeah i have to admit forbidden door was definitely a, a, probably the highlight of my year last year when we went through it and i think probably going to come back for uh for a vacation at the end of last year was solid as well but forbidden door had it all and uh yeah i think uh that might show up in one of our topics for the awards we're going to talk about today so first award we're going to bring up gentlemen we're going to talk about um the women's wrestler of the year and who we think now. So the rules for these awards is for basically the first, I don't know, three awards. Um, you can use basically any promotion on the planet and then we'll have MVPs for each of the, the ones that we've talked about majoritively, but for the first three, anything that you can. So women's wrestler of the year, Chris, who do you got any promotion worldwide? It's on you. Go ahead, speak, run it out. Uh, it's my girl, Tony storm. It's serious. <coughs> See if she can give into her new character. Um, it did it for me. She lost the belt, lost the belt earlier in the year, won it back, and now she's now she's putting herself on the map. She's showing what she can do, and and man, she took something that they they really they really kind of buried for a while, putting her on the picture in pictures with the talkies, 
because I think we talked about it at first too. We we figured, oh, there's sound in this. They're just you can't hear it. And then then they turn it into talkies, and then they they kind of took a they took a a real negative with her with what they started with, and they kind of built it to a positive. And I think she she got something that I don't I don't think a lot of people could pull this off. Like you couldn't put you can put Soraya in there to pull this off. Uh, I think she just she has the chops to pull it off. So. Uh, for me, I, and her in-ring work is good. There's never anything to argue there. So she's always she was pretty solid in the ring. So my uh, women's wrestler of the year for 2023 is Tony Storm. It's a, you know what it's a, it's a, it's not a shot. It's just a little surprising because you know what it's funny because everybody talks about the women's wrestling in AEW probably being the weakest of the three promotions if you were to count TNA as well, right? Um, but. You know what, when you look back at Tony basically kind of having to reinvent her entire character when she went through everything to do whatever she did, to get the talkies, get the black and white, and then on top of that, end up in the biggest, uh, before that, being in the biggest women's probably faction that was there, and then talking her way out of it to get where she wanted to go to think that it was actually that good. That That's actually something, that's what we like to call betting on yourself, right? So, um, good pick, Chris, with Tony Storm. Uh, she, she had an amazing year. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see with, uh, with now with Mariah May and with Lutha, how they're going to go into 2024. Josh, what do you got for your women's wrestler of the year? I, I think I'm pretty basic on this one. I'm just going to depict the, the best female wrestler in the world, Rhea Ripley. Um, you know, the leader of the judgment day, uh, hands down, uh, best women's wrestler in the business right now, in my opinion. Um, she's, uh, you know, uh, had not just... Uh, you know, dominated the women's division, but like also dominated in the men's division in the sense that like she is going toe to toe with the men on the mic. She is, you know, coming out at, you know, every show, um, the face of the company, she's, she's turning face on her own, you know, naturally, even though she's part of the biggest heel faction in the WWE. I think that uh, Rhea Ripley, you know, she hasn't peaked, but she is at, you know, the peak of her, uh, career right now and I think that she's just uh, you know hopefully she just continues to give us uh, the best w- women's wrestling in the world I, I, I just hands down she's the the dominance that she has not not only can she work with the bigger women wrestlers but she could also you know play that very dominant role and it's just it's it's un, it's un, unmatched right now and she has she's been healthy which has been another thing so yeah, I think there's really only one or two women that really could have kept up with Rhea Ripley last year. And I think when you look at Rhea's, um, like you said, kind of her dominance on TV, when you're looking at um, just the physicality, the matches she had, she's held the title all the way through for the last year pretty much. Um, you know, um, and, and on top of that, to be considered to be, in for, for many people's eyes, the leader of, a, of an all-male faction in in um you know the judgment day like other not all male being her but like she's pretty much a lot of people would say she's the leader of the group in fact a lot of people to get under the skin of the males will say that she's you know the the leader of that group which i firmly believe that she is right so you look at a lot of that and there's nothing there and and personally my pick josh is there's i only think there was really two or three other women that could really kind of catch her and they weren't i don't think they were like my pick wasn't anybody in the wwe i kind of went with aw as well but um, my wrestler of the year actually got injured before for Wembley, and I'm actually going to go with Jamie Hayter. Jamie Hayter at the beginning of the year was probably neck and neck with Rhea Ripley just because she was caring. She had great matches with Britt. Um, 
Josh, you alluded many times in our podcast. She's a, she's a powerhouse. She's like, she's not afraid to hit people. Her promos were really solid. Um, you know, great looking, great looking in the ring when she's in there. Um, she did matches. She was in six man matches or six women matches, you know, tag teams, singles. She was able to do it all until she really got injured. And I think, um, you know, we can all agree that AEW's women division was really lacking, but when Jamie Hayter went down, it took a massive dive after that. And you know what, Chris, you're right with Tony Storm. Tony Storm almost came in and saved it because I think we thought that Soraya was going to wrestle a little bit more. Ruby Soho was going to take, you know, um, the reins a little bit more. Like Britt Baker hasn't wrestled in how long. Like there's a lot of things there that really come out. So um, just to be a little bit different, Josh, I agree. When you look at the PWI top 100, Rhea Ripley definitely deserves to be number one. Um I was, I was kind of going with uh, the neck and neck with Jamie Hayter. She was my by far my favorite. She was my women's wrestler of the year going into that. But, um, but when Jamie Hayter went down, it definitely goes to Rio Ripley for me at the end of it. But Chris, good pick with Tony Storm, though. I totally, like, that's a fun one as well. And look who we have to look forward to. Like, Jamie Hayter's coming back. <coughs> and, they, and if they do get Mercedes Monet, Sarah Deeb is coming back too. So, like, it looks like they're putting a little more... I read something on the internet. They're like, uh, everybody dumps on AEW and they don't give women enough time. Then they give them more time and then they dump on them anyways. But we'll see. They're, Deanna Perrazzo's there now too. Like they have the roster, dude. It's just, will they will they figure it out? Yeah, and, and you know what? You're starting to see a resurgence in the TNA and the TNA uh, wrestling uh, when it comes to the women's as well. Like, I mean, you know what? There's no slouches over there. You got Ma- Masha Slamovich. You got Jordan Grace. There's so many people over there that can actually put together a good match and some new people like I've kind of never really heard of, you know? And then so, um, you know, TNA is starting to make a big pickup for a lot of stuff. And, and, and that's something I think that's a promotion that we're probably going to start be talking about at some point because there's a lot of crazy stuff that's happening over there. If you haven't watched Hard to Kill, watch it. It, it, it was it looked really well done. Um, but with that being said, we're going to move on. Let's talk about some tag teams. We're going to go with the tag team of the year. So we'll uh, switch it up a little bit. Josh, let's talk with you. Who do you think your tag team of the year was? Any promotion in the world? I, I, again, I'm super basic. I think that it was really uh, – this was like a year – wasn't the year of the tag team in WWE very much because <sighs> of the, you know, the uni- Universal Champions uh, being the Usos for quite a while. So my tag team of the year is FTR, uh, you know, five-star matchmakers. Uh, I don't think I could – the thing about FTR is that I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a bad FTR match. And they're always going out there to uh, put on a story that, like, builds and has purpose and leads to the next thing. And, you know, whether they're holding every championship possible or, uh, you know, they're having just good quality – uh, banger matches. I, I think that they they're a team that you could put the title on at any point, and there would be no nothing wrong with that. They're they're just fantastic. Um, again, they also weren't injured much this year, except for you know Cash uh, Wheeler's little uh, incident with the gun. Um, so you know it's 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 a lot easier to be the the best of the year when you have a full season under your belt. But I think that uh, for me, when I was looking at the list of uh, tag teams i think AEW definitely has the best tag teams in the world and uh, ftr is right at the top of that division for me 
Yeah, and you know, not to mention where Aussie Open basically fared, and uh, you know, Aussie Open was a big Japanese tag team at the beginning of the year, but you know what, they they actually didn't lose a lot at all during 2023 when they went through a lot of their matches. In fact, in Japan, they barely lost. When they lost, it was actually when they were coming over to North America to to make a point, right? So, um, but yeah, FTR is you know probably had one of the matches of the year when you're thinking about it as well with the Bullet Club that was on Collision. I think it was the second or third Collision that ever existed. Like that two out of three falls match. Match was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, probably one of the best matches of the year. It's probably the best tag team match of the year. But um, Chris, who did you have as your fit, like your favorite tag team? Are you going with Are you going with a good one here, or what are you talking about? No, you, gotta, you, you, you got a smirk I, I, on your face, and it's freaking me out. No, it's it's because it's because I'm going to backpedal on what I said. I'm not going to go with Motor City Machine Guns. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, yeah, just you have to go with FTR. There's no like they had. They, they were like the belt collectors for a while, right? And every match of theirs is good. And, and yeah, and you, you think about that Bullet Club match as well. Like, they both went in there really short notice. So, like, they, they did that on their own. So, I mean, when you see wrestlers, ta- like, that's how tag team wrestling always used to be. You have, you have two tag teams. The whole tag team division could work together to put on a banger match. I mean, I think AEW tries to give it to us. They try to give it to us. Um, it's hard to see it. It's been years since WWE's kind of been um, been really kind of, and that's where it came from. Like you think of Demolition, you think of the Heart Foundation, you think of the Brainbusters, you think of all these great tag teams that were in the WWE and back in the day. And now they can't, they can't do, you know, they can't do a decent uh, tag team match, but. Um, yeah, uh, FT, you, you gotta give it to him. I mean, even you had uh, Dax. Was it Dax who was working singles for a while too? Like they, they're just—they're such good workers. They keep everybody safe. The only people who get hurt in their matches is them because they hurt themselves. Nobody else gets hurt because of them. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's hard. It's hard not to go with them. I I can't. I, I couldn't. I can't go with the Morrison machine guns. I'm sorry, guys. No, you know what? I'm I'm I have to I have to third it. I think like they're clearly the number one tag team in the world. I mean, there's a couple teams you can make arguments for. I thought Bullet Club. I thought I thought you know the the Guns did a great job coming back, but they're not on the same level. I think like if you're looking at the WWE, you're looking at like Japan. I think like generally, if you're looking at WWE, you're going to be looking at the Judgment Day, especially for what they had. They didn't have the type of matches that. They had some good matches, but they didn't have the strong, the strength, the schedule that FTR had, and the strength of matches that FTR had all the way through. Like, there's just, they're just incomparable. Like when you look at, and on top of that, like there was probably at times there was three of them that could go intertwine. Right, I'm not saying it's Freebird rule, but you know, I think like when you were looking at generally with Priest and with, um, you know, Finn Balor, there were times where you think kind of they never switched out, but they might say, okay, we're going to go with priest and Charlie McDonough today or whatever his name is. McDonough, JD McDonough. So I don't know why I say Charlie McDonough, but <laughs> we'll figure should, that one out. An, we should give an honorable mention to the acclaim. They, they started off the year pretty strong. Yeah. Like if there was a most improved, like, like we're going to have a most improved wrestler of the year, but we don't have a most improved tag team of the year. I think you'd have to throw it to the acclaimed or the guns. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. um, you know, that, I think that's where it would basically end up if you were looking through. Because, I mean, I don't even think there was anybody that was super crazy. Like, I mean, what, you give it to, like, Otis or Gable or Imperium for the WWE. But, um, I don't. again, they're not on the level, like, the, where they ended up with, like, with the belts, like, kind of the acclaimed or the guns did, right? So it's just kind of hard to kind of go through. Now, 
I have a little bit of a battery issue here, gentlemen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to ask the next question, which we're going to talk about now, about the most improved wrestler of the year. Then you'll see my cam go off for a second, but I will be back in a second. But I will let you talk until I come back. It'll be 30 seconds for me. So um, for most improved wrestler of the year, Chris, we're going to start with you. Um, this is somebody that, you know what, might have started off the year a little bit slowly, but really kind of picked it up throughout and really had a strong end of the year. When you're looking at WWE or AEW and you're looking at this, who do you think had is is the most improved wrestler of the year for 2023? Uh, I, I, give it, I give it to Dom. To Dom. I think Dom's got the most improved. I think, I think his in-ring was... Oh, good, man. I... I, I <laughs> Uh, no, I, so I give it to, I give it to Dom. I think, uh, like his WrestleMania, his WrestleMania entrance, like he played that perfectly coming out of the prison or coming out of the, coming out of the paddy wagon. And, and I think like whether they pipe in noise, they can't pipe in that much noise. I think he's getting, I think the general heat that he's getting is, is pretty good. Um, so and we we talked about it. I think all of us agree that his his in ring work is is has really built up compared to where it was before. Um, so yeah, my my most improved it goes to uh, goes to Dominic Mysterio. Dom's and I'm not just saying I'm not just saying I'm not just saying from uh, from the wrestling standpoint. I mean, like I said, with the WrestleMania entrance, like that was a good entrance. He played it well. Same thing with. Uh, like he he plays off that heat well, where like he you know he's going to the mic and he, he pulls it away right away to know. So he's he's playing it right. He's he's figuring out his spot, and I think I think I think as as opposed to how much flack we gave him earlier on in the podcast, I think now we're I think he's going to be there for a while. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna have a pretty good pretty good job, and I don't think he's going anywhere. Uh, you know what, that was something I was just going to say. I mean, we talked about it in 2023 where we thought if we asked a question where we thought he was going to be there in three or five years, and I think we all said kind of, eh, we don't know. Like, um, I think with the pedigree now and you're kind of looking at his situation, like that's a great pick. That's somebody that I never really thought of as a pick for most improved. I don't know why he never clicked for me, but um, the heat he gets on every show. On top of that, he was one of the only wrestlers last year to work all three shows during a week. So, which was NXT, Raw, and SmackDown. And he did that, I think, two or three times last year where he was on Raw with the Judgment Day, defended on NXT, and then did a run-in or did something else on, on SmackDown, right, for against his dad. So, you know, his ability is, is getting there. Is his ring work where it needs to be? I definitely – I think Josh and I would both agree that it's not. Um, but – his ability for the people to hate him and the little the little touches the the mullet the Eddie Guerrero mullet that he has that he grew out you know the way he slow talks everybody in the promo like he he's he's taking the stuff and listening and I think that's all you can really ask for him at that point but I think that's a great pick for most improved wrestler of the year um, Josh who's yours when you look at most improved wrestler of the year all the way through and and where Joe I want to see what way you went. So it's actually funny because uh, I went with uh, a tag team and I went with the guns uh, being the most improved wrestlers of the year. Um, I, I think that if you look at them, I was saying to this to Matt yesterday because we were actually you know watching uh, Collision there and the guns were on TV. And just even physically, they look like they've gotten bigger, stronger. The match quality that they've had has been uh, quite, quite good. They had a, a short... Uh, title run 
they're part of the bang bang gang and i think that they are really showing that like you know in the next year or two that they're going to be the future of the tag team division so i i i'm quite impressed with their work i actually hated the guns uh when they were with, with when they were with billy and uh similar to dominic you know they they have a pedigree uh, they're definitely much more athletic than Dominic. I mean, <laughs> head over head over feet there with the for that. But uh, yeah, I think the Guns are the most improved uh, wrestlers for me this year. I thought I think I agree with Chris's points on Dominic. I just think that like when the Judgment Day breaks up and Dominic's not part of a stable, he's no singles wrestler. That's for sure. He's he's the guy that like people he's like the little brother that people need to help along and i, I mean hopefully we're all wrong and you know he's we just are. fantastic but like i just think that like he can keep up doing the like getting you no know, not being able to talk but like i don't know i yeah for me it's the guns the guns were the most improved wrestlers of the year this year for me yeah, you know, I, I think when you kind of look at the guns' overall ability and you look at, at both of them, like even at Forbidden Door when we saw them walk by, they were all in kayfabe. They all were still trying to make sure that they were staying as heels. And it's I think the one thing that we forget with both of these um, these people that you guys have mentioned when you're looking at Dominic and you're looking at it, they've also had this rare ability where they've come out of their father's shadow a little bit. And I think that's what makes it even more difficult. It gets you a leg in the door, but it makes it even more difficult for people to like you or to do, you know, any of those things. So what? what's the most common thing, you know, due to jealousy and with marking, like with people who are marks, they're obviously going to hate that person because they're not their father. So generally it's an easier transition to be a heel than to be a, a good guy, right? But, you know, you're right, Josh, you were mentioning last night, you're like, holy fuck, they've been hitting the gym. Like they've been working hard to get where they need to go. And I think like, you know, they're energetic they're young. I think they have an ability to really be mainstays in AEW. Now, if they made the transition to WWE, I still think they'd actually be a success just because they can use that pedigree that's come through. They might not get it right out of way, but I, I don't think that they would start on NXT. That's what I'm trying to say, right? So um, it, it'd be really interesting to see what would happen from there, but uh, that's a great pick as well. Um, my most improved wrestler um, does not have a, a familial pedigree from what I understand. I'm going with Swerve Strickland. Um, Swerve Strickland has had a hell of a, 20, a 2023 for me. Um, you know what? When you're looking at a lot of it and we talk about, you know, where he started, he had a kind of a tough start of the year. He didn't really know where he was. He was kind of with Keith Lee. Um, they picked that up. They were kind of on the run. They were kind of lost for the tag titles, won the tag titles, lost them relatively quickly, then had a really kind of short feud. But after that was really when Swerve took off. I mean, it was really going after. I mean, he really started picking up steam, had some small wins, goes after Hangman Page, beats him, has that great death match, which was, in my opinion, one of the matches of the year, probably one of the moments of the year for me um, in my top five when you're kind of looking at just that in general. Uh, the, the cinder blocks, the blood, the gore, the taxes, so like him stapling himself is something, probably my, my most memorable moment that would sit, Not might not be my moment of the entire year, but something that from a wrestling perspective watching, I said, holy shit, like that's going to solidify him as a superstar. Just that stupid stapling thing. Um, but his in-ring ability got better. His mic work got better. Um, there was one promo where it was smart for him not to say anything, so he didn't really say much. It, just, it was all about letting 
Adam Page go crazy and he could have said a whole bunch of stuff and it was better that he didn't. He's like, he actually went through that and didn't say much. He had maybe one or two lines. He let the strength of Adam Page's promo do the work. Like that's a smart thing to do because sometimes you might get lost in translation. If like a lot of people want to get all their words in so that they sound great, but he didn't, he just let Page go crazy. And that was, that was, that was a, a great part of the story before they went into the pay-per-view. Right. So but for him, that guy's got world champion written all over him. But I don't know if it happens in 2024. I really hope it does. I hope I hope at some point, if they're going to move off and they say that MJF is gone for a year, that he's gone for whatever he's gone for, that they really let him run with it at some point. Like, he should be the man that dethrones Joe, in my opinion. Um, and I think that would be really interesting if that's the case. It's just a matter or not if you can write the storyline for him for the year, right? So... Uh, but that's my pick for uh, most improved wrestler. Now, we got Good three pick. categories left. Sorry. Good pick. Oh, thank you so much. Um, we're going to go with our uh, our most valuable players or our most valuable wrestlers. We'll start with the WWE. Um, Josh, we'll, we'll kind of intertwine here. Josh, who do you have as your MVP in the WWE this year for 2023? So, so I must be honest. I, I don't watch a lot of WWE as much as I should have, I guess. I watch – I mean, it's hard, you know, bras long, uh, smackdowns. You know, it's – the story's kind of stale for me. So – uh, for WWE MVP, I've I got to say Seth Rollins. Uh, he has taken the the leader role, and you know he's he's run with the championship. And I just think that he's really gotten over naturally um, when he came back. Uh, I remember uh, watching when he came back, and I, I know this was before 2023, but when he came back and he put that speech, he had that speech in the the ring, and all the wrestlers came out to hear him after his baby was born, and they all applauded him, and he had like he of course turned heel. And then, you know, naturally came back to be in a face. And uh, I just think his in-ring pro- uh, work is uh, some of the best. Uh, he's there every week. Um, he is a fighting champion. And we all know how much I like a fighting champion because uh, Roman Reigns hasn't fought, you know, what, six matches this year it's, or whatever it was in 2023. I think that yeah. Seth Rollins is the MVP of WWE for those reasons and uh you know like i think he, he's he's put in the work to be that champion and to be recognized so i i'm happy to see that uh, he's gotten up those accolades yeah he kept he kept a lot of the brand alive he put together probably the best matches that we saw in raw i mean uh crazy statistic that came out of it was they were talking about five star melter matches and they they all kind of pointed at john moxley had apparently like 19 but they said seth rollins had like two of them and i was shocked when I actually heard about that, because I thought that he would have had way more. And um, I think that's not really his fault as a wrestler. That's probably the way that the WWE produces, you know, events and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, like every match I watched Seth Rollins in, I wasn't bored. He did a great job. Um, he created an engaging story going into the match. And um, he was, he's a great representation of what that, that world heavyweight championship belt should be that that's the belt that has to be the fighting champion, right? I'm not saying that the, the universal title shouldn't be, but at the end of the day, that world heavyweight championship that's on raw needs to be defended. It needs to be done. And, and he's a workhorse. He fights injured. He wrestles injured all the time. And uh, you know what? He knows how to tough it out. He's a consummate professional. And I think there's nothing wrong with picking him for the MVP. Like you think he's definitely up there for sure. Chris, What's uh? Who's your pick for MVP in WWE? Oh, I'm going with Imperium's Gunta. 
Because oh, great if accent. You think, if you think <laughs> while if you think while he kind of so he he was kind of the one constant in WWE, right? Where where there's his did he not hold the title for all the year, all of 2023? Yeah, and he he wrestled and he made he he made Gable like Gable deserves to look good. He's a great guy, great wrestler. Just he's just not gonna make it, but. They put him in, and Gunther made him look great, and and like he's doing things for other people. He's he's being in tough matches, but he's coming out of that match every time. So he's making people look as good as as good as he was. And I think for the one constant when Roman Reigns wasn't wrestling all the time, when when there was the uh, before Seth won the belt and it was not a a sure thing, I think uh, the backbone to WWE for the year was Gunther just. He was like, you know, you're gonna get solid work. You know, everything you're get gonna get from is good, and he's he's been that constant. He's been that constant that carried carried WWE for the year, if you ask me. Yeah, my pick's gonna be a little bit off, and and you know what, I have to agree that you look at what Gunther did, and Gunther's got a style that is not the typical 2020s, you know, 2000 style wrestling where it's, you know, high flying, air defying, you know backflips and all this stuff it's chops it's technique it's submission holds it's it's good old-fashioned you know ground and pound right and so those techniques that kind of go through they don't last as long as much as you think but the people that do them right and a wrestler in my like in my opinion is really good when you can use those low-end tactics like that not low-end but you know the stuff that isn't as exciting and still create an awesome story when you're in that ring going through. I thought his match with The Miz was unbelievable. Like, when he went through, he's talking with The Miz during the match. You're never going to beat me. And he's just, he keeps chopping him and he keeps hitting him. And he doesn't have to do anything crazy. Like, he Miz does his little comeback. And then The Miz makes it believable, but not too over the top where we had, like, seven or eight, like, you know what is it, like, near threes where, where Miz can win it. There was one or two in there where it was like, oh, you know, and it, it was close. I, I don't think any of us thought the Miz was going to win that match, but I think at the end of the day when you're looking at it, um, you know, he made it believable, and I think that's really the key when he goes through his storytelling and everything. It's just so immaculate. He does everything to an A-plus ability. His technique is A-plus. You know, his physique, the work that he had to do on his physique to get where where it was – and drop probably close to 100 pounds, like, unbelievable. So um, I think that's a great pick for the MVP uh, for WWE. Um, I'm not picking Roman Reigns, guys, and Roman Reigns isn't going to be there for me. I thought Roman's matches were great, but I think you're right. You have to wrestle a little bit more. I don't care that you're the universal champion for three or four years. and That's just me. Like, um, I'm actually going to go with somebody a little bit different. I think somebody that carried um, a lot of work over the year with both um, – brands was Jey Uso and I think when you kind of look at Jey Uso being in where he was on Smackdown you know we talked about the bloodline like the storyline for the bloodline that's where you got to give Roman his credit is for is for that does that make you the MVP no he's the focal point of it but it was you know it was Jey Uso that really carried 
the rest of it. And and you know what? Granted, it was with Jimmy for SmackDown, but you know what? When he went through and had the loss to Roman Reigns, like probably a year and a half ago, we all knew his time was coming as a solidif like as a, as a singles wrestler. You know, he started going by main event Jey Uso when Jimmy was injured. Jimmy comes back. They form probably one of the best tag teams on planet Earth, probably next to FTR, right? And then, but but J- but Jay's role in that storyline got better as it went along. The the role that he had with Sammy, you know, J- like Jay connected with Sammy better than he did with Jimmy, and there's a lot of things. And then what happened was you look at his move at the end. You know, they, they end up losing the tag titles to Owens and Zayn at WrestleMania, and then he moves over to Raw, and he's an instant hit. And right now he's in that upper mid-card kind of main event slot where he can kind of slot in wherever he needs. And <clears throat> I think for me that's the example of an MVP, right? It's somebody that can adapt. It's somebody that can do things and really make the brand better no matter what they're thrown at. So I don't know if he's at the level of a Seth Rollins. He doesn't have a world championship, but he is probably he's going to go down as one of the greatest tag teams, if not the greatest tag team of all time, arguably. Um, you know, but his singles time is now, and I don't know where he ends up this year, but I think he's going to end up with a singles title. He's probably going to end up in some main events of a couple, maybe, maybe one or two shows, depending on who he aligns with and how that plays out. Is he going to win the Rumble? Probably not, but I think it would really help his character if he actually went far in that event. If he is actually in the Rumble, he should go far. It would be a good thing for him to go far to really build him up, right? Um, but I think for me, that's who I have. That's who I have as my uh, my MVP. Go ahead. And uh, like the weird thing you say is that like who knows? Who knows? It we'll see what comes out of it, right? Because we don't know. But he's he's all of a sudden made himself, and that's a good pick too. He, he made himself into main event Jey Uso. It's in his name now. He used to be a tag team wrestler. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's uh, that's 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 a that's a good pick. And, and again, unlike Judgment Day, like where Dom's going to be alone, he's alone now, and he's he's kind of he's he's forged his own path, which is it's cool to see. Yeah, man. So we got two categories left. One's uh, a little more of a personal category, but uh, the next one we're going to talk about the MVP for AEW. Uh, Josh, fire away on that. Who do you have as your MVP? I think I already know, but uh, I might be surprised. No, I'm pretty basic, pretty white bread. I, I think that, um, you know, uh, the MVP of AEW is MJF, the devil himself. Um, he especially, you know, he had his face turn this year or this past year where, you know, he went from a guy who never wrestled and then, uh, you know, he was always just the mouthpiece and then all of a sudden he's wrestling every show, twice a show, in, and, you know, showing that he, not only can he do the mic work, but he can do the in-ring work, having some of the best matches in history and then continuing to lead the company after the debacle of CM Punk at Wembley leaving the company, leaving the company with, you know, a, a show that was created for him because he couldn't get along with people. And MJF, you know, took it on, battled through injury um, and held the championship for longer than anybody in AEW history. I think that MJF's work uh, speaks for itself. Uh, I think that I, I hope he, he turns back to be heel because I, I love when he's a heel. This face, this face stuff is malarkey, but he's good at it too. Um but I just, uh, I'm really, really uh, looking forward to seeing him come back. 
I do hope that he signs a long-term contract with AEW because I think that, you know, he has some more work to do. I'd like to see him finish the story with Cole. I think that, you know, Cole's injury kind of got in the way of, of, of what some of the plans were. It would have been interesting to see had that, how how that would have changed the arc of the story but i think overall that uh mjf was uh you know my clear mvp and you know josh is josh is apparently as you can see a devil worshiper <laughs> but hey that's uh that's a solid pick chris do you have do you have mjf as your mvp goddamn right i do uh, so do i <laughs> so we can just all talk about this fluently at this point i don't think anybody's had a better year as a wrestler than mjf at this point um Really, so Chris, you go ahead. What what do you have to say about MJF, and then get your points out there? Uh, just the fact that like he could, it seemed like a seamless transition into into the face too, right? He didn't stop being a heel. He never stopped being a heel, but now he's your scumbag, and he's my scumbag, and he's obviously Josh's scumbag. So, <laughs> and he's your your MVP for scumbag. So. I mean, he he did it. He did it in a way like he did. He didn't just come out and say, "Oh, I can run a decent promo." He came back in shape, and he just had banger matches all year. And and just like Josh said, during that whole thing that CM Punk came through, some people would just say like, "Fuck that guy, fuck CM Punk." MJF said, "No, I'm just gonna go and I'm gonna take his spot," and he did. And yep. so, I mean. I, I think, if you ask me to get off topic, uh, I think he's signed. There's no way they do the devil thing and then have him go off. And I don't think you do that. But, so, but yeah, he's, he's like clear cut. He's, he's clear cut for AEW. Yeah, I mean, he's on vacation right now, and you're looking at a lot, and he's on vacation with his girlfriend, and that's cool. You know, he's, he's got a lot of injuries. Um, he's young, and I think staying in AEW is the right choice. I think, you know what, if you're going to have those banger matches, like the thing that I agree with Josh when it comes to him being the MVP was how many absolutely unbelievable matches he did have. Like that that, that Iron Man match with Danielson will go down as probably maybe one of the best Iron Man matches of all time, if not the best Iron Man match of all time. Just the twist in the story, the end with the ring, all the little things that happened at the very end of that, going into overtime, all the, all the crap like that was unbelievable. Like that will go down as one of probably the best matches of all time, right? It may not be one of the best matches we've seen all year, but it goes down as one of the best matches that we've collectively seen all year as a group um, when we've gone through it. So his, his match ability, his ability to do promos, anytime he's on the screen, He's the only person on the screen that I'm looking at. Um, he just has this ability to really just kind of generate money, and he's he prints money. And I think, like, uh, on any show, he's, he's probably one of the only guys that would fit in in any show worldwide as a professional wrestler. There might only be a couple, like, but him, 100%. He can go to Japan and be a star. He can go to WWE and be a star. He can go to TNA and fucking be a star. He can go anywhere and be a star. And I think... That's really the reality. He is probably the best wrestler in the world, bar none right now, in my opinion. And he's only going to get better. He's goddamn 25. Like, that's the scary part here. So you're either going to get better or whatever. He's mid-20s. So, like, usually guys in this position are in their 40s. You know, 35 or 40. Like, the young guys that really do it young do it, like, when they're 30 or 35. Like, he's 27 and he's got a lot more years to go as long as he can stay healthy right like it, there's a lot of stuff that could happen so 
But um, he's going to be a mainstay. And can you imagine how crazy the crowd's going to go when he comes back? It's just going to be insane. Everybody's going to pop, right? Like, it's just oh, yeah. everybody's waiting for him. It's a big loss for, for AEW with him being out. It will be a big loss until he big comes back. Big loss for wrestling in general. 100%. Yeah. Now, we'll go to our last question. Now, this can be anything you want. Now, this is kind of it can be a personal thing. It can be whatever you want. It can be anything you saw on TV, anything you saw on PLEs, anything you saw on pay-per-views. What is your moment of the year? So, Chris... Like, anything involved. It has to have a tie-in with wrestling, but what's your moment of the year? My moment of the year was, uh, like, honestly, is watching Kenny Omega and Will Ospreay with YouTube. Like, that was... It was it was just so fun. It was such good wrestling. Um, and you guys... Like, like, it was the first event we went to as a podcast. Yeah. Like, so it was kind of cool, because we actually, like, we met up, and, you know, we, we were there, and it was... Like we normally wouldn't have done this unless we started a podcast. So like that's that's the reason we we got together, and then we then we got to do like a, a great show after because we were there, right? And um, we we're fucking yeah. hyped because we we're all like fucking hyped for like two days. Like we were in like mo- I, I don't know about you guys. I was in like what was it? Chemical withdrawal, like not like chemicals being drugs, just like hormones and like, like anything like that, like going through my body from that whole show. Like two days later, I was still tired after it. Like it was crazy. I was just so emotionally drained from it. I I contemplated stopping the podcast and not watching wrestling ever again. Cause it was like, (laughs) (laughs) but like, no, like, cause I remember we, we all looked at each other and we're like, is that the best match we'll ever see live in our lives? And and we're like, yeah, I think so. And then we got to see Sting and Chris Jericho, and like, see, we got to see CM Punk and Brian Danielson, like Zack Saber Junior. Like, that was a, just a crazy event, like all the like, way through, right? Yeah, if you think just of like, let's let's say, not even being just a fan of one organization, like the, the amount of stuff we got to see in one package was. I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if I'll ever see a better. I know we've been talking about uh, Money in the Bank, which would be a cool thing to see, but I don't think I'll ever see anything that'll live wrestling will ever be that. Like to me, like for me, my epitome is if you had to do a bucket list. And I was kind of thinking about that the other day. Like I, I couldn't give a shit about Money in the Bank. I'd rather I'd rather save up and go to a WrestleMania, wherever it is oh, yeah, or whatever it is. Course. I mean, we'll get to where we go. Like I mean, obviously we'll 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 figure it out. But I mean, at the end of the day, like I'd rather. Not go to Toronto, go someplace fun, and go to a, like go to a WrestleMania or, or like a SummerSlam or something. I think that'd be crazy. But yeah, who knows? Yeah, we'll figure it out. Like something will come up as we go, right? But to me, um, to me, it was just it was just like the start, the start of of things of events for us to go to, right? We, we oh, for started. sure. And that's the hardest part is to start. So, <laughs> Josh, was that your moment of the year as well? Was going to that event, or like would you say that that was your yeah. moment of the year? Yeah, that's it's funny because I, I wrote it down. Moment of the year, Forbidden Door, Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay. <laughs> um, I, you know, the whole event was a fantastic. I even, you know, like sitting through a, a whole AEW pay per view as hard as it is because at the time that pay per view was like banger after banger after banger, and then to watch, you know, like like Chris was saying, like Matt, you're saying, like probably the best match we'll ever watch live. Like and probably one of the best matches that's ever ever happened, regardless of, of how things go down. And then to also think that like because AEW is now offering this space for all of these wrestlers who want to finish off their careers coming from WWE, we got to see a mix of wrestlers that like no one else is ever gonna get to see, 
like that. You know, like you're not going to see CM Punk on the same card with Brian Danielson again. Sorry, it's not going to happen. You know, yeah. um, Okada, like NJPW guys, like you're, yeah, for sure. Hopefully we get to see another uh, Forbidden Door. And, you know, Matt, I, maybe we go to a WrestleMania or SummerSlam, but like, I mean, Money in the Banks in Toronto is not that far from our houses. We could go there That's easily. True. Like, I'm going like, to go without you. If you don't want to come to Money in the Bank, I'm going to buy tickets Josh. and go. I don't know, yeah, like, I'll go That's Josh. fine. Yeah. Like, it's two hours. <laughs> Like you live in Toronto, we can do this. Don't take it away from me. No, it's not gonna WWE, it. I'm gonna boo Dom, Dom Mysterio. It's not gonna cost that much. When was uh, when was uh, when was Forbidden Door? Yeah, June, yeah, June, was, right? June? June? June, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was a good time. Great so time. the funny thing was, the funny thing was that of all the stuff that we looked at, now that I'm looking at it. It was the second highest rated match in 2023. It was one of the highest rated matches overall, like of all time, like the highest obviously being a seven. So uh, it being a six was still one of the best matches of all time. Probably puts us in the top 20 or 30 that we watched second. And you know who the number one match was? The same two guys in January when they did Uh, it in January. So and they and that one got a six point two five. So the one at Forbidden Door got a six, and that was the only yeah. difference. But everything else was was five. So I just wanted to throw that out there as a trivia. That's my favorite moment of the year. My favorite moment of that was like the little things that I won't forget for probably the rest of my life. Like I won't forget uh, Brian Danielson coming out to uh, the final countdown and everybody singing the final countdown like. You know, seeing people that I never thought I'd ever get to see, kind of like what Chris was saying, like Sting, Chris Jericho. But then on, on the Japanese side, seeing like, um, you know, Tanahashi and Okada and some of those things that I can tell, you know, if I ever have, which I'm never going to have kids, but I can tell other people's kids. Um, you know, hey, I saw these people and you know what? I'm, I'm a fucking cool, not real uncle, but some weird dude at a party. We can um, just tell our significant <laughs> Yeah, my, my, my partner will go there and she'll go, oh, okay, I'm glad you, you're excited. You had a good time. Like, that's great. And, uh, but, yeah, it's, um, you know, it, it was just, it was, it was, it was just crazy. And, and that was like my first, I would say it was my first uh, time being at a wrestling show, but that was the first time being at a, at a like a pay-per-view and seeing and like kind of looking at all the, the little things that were there too, like, what it's like when you don't hear the crowd and you're just kind of watching it and you know, the stuff that shows up on the screens too. So yeah, it was just a cool event. I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing it again. So um, yeah, that's it for me, but I don't know guys. That's, I think that's our award show for 2023. Chris, is there anything you'd like to add before we uh, shut her down? Uh, I've, I'm looking forward to what we're going to do. I think in the future, I think 2024 has some big things for us. And I, we can have some big things for the bugs that are crawling across somebody's desk. Is that you? You have bugs crawling on what? No, there was just noise. I think someone. I wasn't. Uh, I think Matt might. Well, that was weird. That was. Uh, anyways, I mean, it wouldn't. Was be it this? Pod- was it yeah, this? That. Yeah. Okay. That. Sorry. Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't be our podcast if we didn't fuck up at least once in our working out the kinks. <laughs> um, where was I? With here? that being oh, yeah. said, sorry, sorry. Twenty twenty four. There's a lot of cool things I think we we have to look forward to. I think I think the new year brings like, I, I mean, it's it's cliche with New Year's resolutions, but I think the new year does bring new ideas. People are like, okay, let's try something else. So, yep. Like, who, who knows? Who knows what we're going to be surprised with? It could be 
a lot of things from both shows. I mean, Tony's going on benders and just yelling at people on X these days, so I don't know what's going on there, but... Hooks um, 28 and 1. That's how, that's how I knew from. I heard that from 29 Tony. 29 and 1 now. Yeah. Whatever. He, he, he beat a local talent last night. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, I, what I would like to see is what Joe said. Joe said he wants to defend the belt. He's tired of all the... He, he said he, we're here to entertain people and for them to watch wrestling, not for them to, to see what's going on behind the scenes. So I, I think I think I'd like a little bit more of that going into because uh, because we have a lot we had a lot to talk about last year about things that are happening behind the scenes. Um, you know, back in the day, these things weren't as weren't as vocal and they didn't happen as much. And it, 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 it focused you more on the product than what's happening behind the product. But again, we also like that stuff, right? Because like we. We like the conspiracies, and we like that too. It, it makes for makes for for us to give our, our opinions and what we think could happen. Um, we don't tell you got we don't tell anybody out there what you should think. We just tell you what we think this could happen. So, looking forward to us in the new year, and I think where wrestling is right now in twenty twenty four, I think is a really good place for wrestling. It hasn't been in this kind of place. Anymore. Yeah, for sure, Josh. I know that we usually do a slices your salami. Are you gonna Are you gonna do one tonight, or do you have one planned for tonight, or do you want to save that for next week? Yeah, we can. I, I mean, I've got lots in the chamber, but uh, you know, no, I'm I I agree with Chris. I am looking forward to the new year. No, I think that we did the awards this year. I'm looking forward to slicing some salamis. Um, you know, Hi-ya! also. With, also thinking about some hot takes, some conspiracies of what I'm looking forward to having some, uh, the work is going on. I, you know, hot take of the year right now, Tony Khan is bought in TKO. Uh, you, you heard it here first. He, CM Punk is just a plant. He's, <laughs> He's the world is, the world is flat. The world is flat, flat. We're all microchipped. This is good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. How did uh, I am Punk looking forward to slicing so- slum. They're gonna say, "How did CM Punk show up so quick?" Because the world, the Earth is flat. That's how he showed. He, he just he didn't have to go far. So, Chris, when do you think uh, Josh is gonna sign a deal with Tom DeLonge to uh, join the UFO conspiracy committee and actually create one of those uh, one of those spacecrafts to go in the air? Do you think that's gonna happen? Do you think there's a oh, chance of that? Oh man, if uh, Josh, if you have something to take me away from here, just call me. I'll be there. <laughs> no. I'm oh gonna... yeah. I'm not one of those crazy conspiracy theorists. I still believe in science. I just like to think that it's it's all a work. All right. It's all being worked. It's a work. I think life is a work, gentlemen. Life is a work. It's the, the, the Berenstein Bears, damn it. Because well, people are calling this the Berenstein Bears? Berenstein Bears. It's spelled Berenstein Bears. Isn't so. it Berenstein? Oh, yeah, you're Berenstein, right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Mandela. I, I'm just, yeah, I know. I'm just fucking mandelas what do you have to say matt what do you have to close us out with yeah nothing man you know i wanted my other moment of the year was just starting the podcast you know and just doing that and i think that was the other thing and i think i'm really looking forward to what we got going on in 2024 i look forward to being made fun for saying with that being said i look forward for a lot of it when we go through for whatever we have to uh you know do i there's going to be a lot of great wrestling on tv we might have to expand into some other territories some other topics and some of the stuff that's coming out right now and uh that's kind of eye-opening i never thought that was going to say that was going to happen but um hey like there's a lot of good stuff out there right now it's a it's a it's such an awesome time to be a wrestling fan right so probably the best time ever but um josh with that being said go fuck yourself um wherever you guys are in the world tonight good morning good afternoon good evening and good night
We all bid you adieu here from the Rub Wrestling Pod. Bang! Because the beat's running copacetic. When it all falls down, I hope you don't forget it. Nico City, son of anarchy, the hype demanded me. Mikey Damage showed you amateurs the cost of vanity. So fuck humanity, flowy murder open handedly. Most of my clique, yo, they come from broken families. The world that we know it is coming through a claw shot. Can't find peace in a world full of soul shots. Can't stop digging all that. Up north where the streets run cold out. The world